and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. How many, how many enjoy worship here? I, I really do enjoy worship. I, this morning I was mentioning this a little bit. But, you, you know, in Thanksgiving, what we do is we give thanks. And one of the things I'm thankful for is this church. Uh, uh, and how many are thankful for Word of Life? Yes, okay, five of you, probably the rest of you are new, Uh, and once you get to know this church, you're going to be thankful for it, because this church really is a blessing. It's been a blessing to me personally. It's a blessing just to be here, you know, every time I get to minister, but every time I just get to be in the church, in the place, I I truly see how God's hand is over a church like this with, you know, the, the style and just the capacity that our musicians have and not just capacity, but the anointing that they have, it, it, it really it really makes it for a good church experience. I, I've been to a lot of churches lately and I'm happy to go to churches and preach and stuff, but some churches just make you not want to sing to God. Some churches just kind of want, you know, like, let's get to the message part real quick because, uh, the, you know, it's making me not want to worship God, but uh, places like, uh, you know, Fondren, our worship teams, they're just very good. And if you ever get the chance uh, to be close to anyone that was leading worship, tell them thank you, because what they do really is valuable to our life. You know, they usher, help usher in the presence of God. Uh, anyway, so that's that's my introduction. Uh, I, I personally really like your pastor. Uh, hopefully you like your campus pastor. She loves it when you clap for her. It makes her really comfortable. Really does. So let's do this a lot today. Uh, just every now and then, let's just clap for our, our pastor, uh, Pastor Hillary. It's a blessing. I always say this. It, you, you can tell how much God loves you by the pastor that he gives you. Uh, and, and you can tell God loves you a lot because he gave you a very cool pastor. Uh, it's a pastor that uh, is understanding, that, you know, gets it, that is deep in, in how she preaches. It, it's, you know, it's so Let's just give it up for her again. This is one more time. <laughs> ah, that's fun. Okay, so today uh, I want to uh, talk just uh, uh, something uh, quickly, hopefully quickly. I've been listening to pastors' messages lately at Fondren. And listen, you guys get the deep stuff. You really do. Uh, when I listen to the morning messages, they are good. And we've been talking about the end times recently. And I personally love the end times. Uh, I've been doing this program Sunday nights with my dad for like uh, two years now, talking about the end times and stuff that is happening. And we'll watch the news and then we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll shed some light on what the word of God says about it. And just, I, I love it. And I've been loving what pastor's been talking about, you know, about that subject but when he comes here he really opens up and starts talking about really deep stuff i 
I would say that you are the deep sheep. Uh, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but he is, you know, he is throwing down stuff that hopefully you are picking up because what he is preaching and fondering at nights is just really deep. And when I finished listening to it, I'm like, oh man, that was, I have to listen to that again. It was one of those where you kind of have to like go and chew on it some more. It was very deep. And and so, so, uh, I mean, congratulations. You guys are getting the good stuff. I don't know what the other campuses are getting, but you guys are getting really good stuff and, and but I, i've been listening to his messages recently just over and over and he always says today's gonna be quick and then he goes for like an hour an hour and a half so today is going to be quick uh hopefully and today's title of today's message is look up now there, there was a movie that came out i think like a year ago on netflix about looking up and, and, and i remember watching because i find it pretty interesting how the world it wants to prepare people for the end times but in their way you know and that's why we've got ufos and aliens that are coming out now because even the devil is preparing for his excuse for when the church is raptured that whenever we do disappear the devil's gonna be saying oh no that was ufos it wasn't you know prophesied over 2,000 years ago over 500 times that jesus was gonna come for a church triumphant oh no it's it's ufos and so they're they're preparing for this but i want to talk about the concept about looking up about where you are placing your eyes what you are looking at and and where you are focused on because what you're focused on really will determine you know your way of life and the outcome of your life What, what you are focused on and what you are focusing in you know what you're honing in on it really affects the results of your life and your results are actually just it's a correlation between the results of life and what you're putting your eyes on what you are looking at and and my dad would always say john if you want the results of jesus's life then you have to start living the way he lived you you can't expect someone's results without doing what they did uh i i uh, i was watching this was a couple months ago uh my daughter she was like going through some sickness and so we would stay up at night and she would have to have like this this oxygen thing not oxygen thing but just this air thing i don't know what it's called the the whole point uh, the what a breathing treatment she had a breathe she was going through a breathing treatment is that how you say it she was going so it was this thing that so well i mean it's kind of boring because you have to go like 15 20 minutes with this thing on so we'd put stuff on and so i mean you know we'd watch like the usual luca moana and spirit and whatnot but every now and then i'd confuse her and then we'd watch a documentary i'd be like oh spirit is asleep you know you know how you 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 don't lie to your kids because you shouldn't lie. You kind of just give them other truths. It's like spirit has to sleep right now. Oh, Moana, she hasn't come back from the island yet, but she'll be back. And so while she's coming back, we're going to watch a documentary. So we watched the documentary about the dream team, of the redeem team, I'm sorry. You know, in 2008, uh, the, the United States had a team and they had lost previously uh, to Argentina. And so now comes up this new team, this new generation generation of basketball players lebron Dwayne wade chris bosh and all these people and they they want to win the world cup of basketball but they're kind of scared because they're not as good as previous teams and so when they start playing they start to notice that they're not 
they're not good good enough like they're they're very good but these other teams Spain was really good Argentina was really good like Lithuania was very good and so they needed to bring in like a true professional at the time because all of these guys back in those times were still kids so they bring in Kobe Bryant and one of the coolest stories that I saw during this documentary that I'm sure Amanda was very blessed just like me uh, by watching it was uh, that they were practicing all in Las Vegas and so Las Vegas is known as Sin City and people go and party and they do all these things and so all these you know 21 22 year old players after they'd go to practice they'd go you know and party and they'd party all the way to like 3 4 a.m and I, I think it was LeBron that was telling the story he said that they would be they would come back to the hotel around 4 a.m after having partied all night and at the lobby was Kobe Bryant with his bags ready to go and practice at 4 a.m. He didn't go clubbing. He didn't go partying. He, you know, all he did was he was prepared. He was focused. And if I, I, so I don't want to spoil the whole documentary, but if you know history, they win. And, and, and but the, one of the reasons why they won is because they stopped partying because they started to look at this real professional and what he was doing and how focused he was. And so then they stopped partying and then they started doing what he was doing. See, if you want the results of a professional, you can't just want them. You have to start doing what they're doing. And in the same, in the same way, if you want the results of Jesus in your life, you know how Jesus walked in the miraculous, how Jesus was deep in his speech, how Jesus walked on water, like all these miracles. If you want those results in your life, then you're going to have to start living just like Jesus was living. You can't have it both ways. You can't live how you want and expect other results. You have to start living the life in order to acquire, you know, the results of said life. And so today I, I want to talk about Kind of like this reaction, this jerk reaction that Jesus had every time he faced opposition, every time he faced a problem, whether it was a big problem or a small problem, Jesus always did the same thing. And we're going to go through scripture to find out what it is. But if you kind of really can, can connect the dots, what he did was look up every time when he had to, when he had to bless the people with bread and fish, he looked up when he had to heal a blind person, he looked up when he it faced death itself he looked up and hopefully after today's message and time that we have together it, you have this habit in your life of looking up that looking up to God is not your last result it should be your first reaction now, when you have a problem in life, you're not trying to figure it out. And by the time you find out that you can't do it, then you look up. But instead, the first thing that you do is you look up. Uh, I believe we miss a lot in life because we don't look up. I remember this was years ago. We were at my dad's house and I like... Uh, uh, you know, I, I like to see stuff in the air, in the sky. One of my dreams is to go see the northern lights, the aurora borealis, right? And and, and I, I, I like to see these things. And so there was a meteor shower that's going to go through Bogota. 
And so we're, we're waiting for it. My dad has his telescope out. We're excited about it. You know, we, we get into th- this, this, this moment where we're about to see, and there's this meteor shower, and there's this good, like, there's going to be, like, at least 20 sightings of shooting stars. So it's going to be beautiful. So, so my dad starts cooking for it. We start preparing for it. We start to, you know, get the chips, the dip, the sauce for the steak, for everything. And we are so, we're so excited uh, about preparing for this that we miss it. And by, by the time we're like, all right, are the steaks ready? Are the chips ready? Is the sauce ready? Is everything ready? All right, let's, it's time for a meteor shower. And it had happened like an hour ago. And I, I think that happens a lot in, in the life of Christians. We're, we're like, yeah, we want to see a move of God. Okay, so let me get ready. Hey, let, let me do this. Let me do that. Instead of just approaching, instead of just looking up, instead of having that be the first thing that you do, we, we try to do everything else. We try to get ready for church. Instead of just going for church, whether you're ready or not, at least you're in the place. And, and so we miss it. And then, we're, and then we wonder why, Father, why, you know, why am I going through it? Why are you giving me your hardest battles? Who's ever prayed that before, right? And God's like, you just got to get to church earlier. You know, it's not, it's not the hardest battles. You just have to kind of pray a little bit more. You know, it's, it's not the hardest battles. You just have to stop saying you're a Christian and start acting like a Christian. Was that too harsh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's the Thanksgiving dinner. It just, it gets to me. It gets to me. But... The, the, the Bible says in Isaiah 31, verse 1, uh, are you guys ready to take notes today? Because it's going to be a lot of Bible. Uh, Isaiah 31, verse 1 says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots, because there are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong, but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Now it says, woe unto them. So it's kind of like a chastisement against those that are focusing and putting their efforts on things that are man-made. You know, I I believe that there's a lot of depression that comes attached to expectations of things that the devil can attack. Uh, let, let me say that again. I believe that there's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of depression that comes when you attach your affections to things that the devil can attack. That makes it an easy target. This morning we were talking a little bit about this. But you see people that they put their affections on the things of this earth, which the devil can attack. We, we mentioned like shoes. You know, people put their affections on shoes and they want they they think that their joy is going to be fulfilled by acquiring shoes and all it takes for the devil to destroy your joy is to have a little crease on your shoes right all it takes for it's easy it's nothing it's nothing it's not a huge battle all he's got to do is have someone step on your shoes have a puddle you know and splash a little on your new shoes and then all of a sudden your joy is gone and this is what the Word of God says, is woe unto those that are putting their affections, that put their trust in chariots because there are so many, that put their, their trust, their affections in horsemen because they are very strong, but they look unto the Holy One of Israel, they don't look unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord, that people are seeking a certain, a certain number in their bank account, that they're like, if I could get those X amount of figures, whether six figures, seven figures, 
eight figures. I don't know, more, 10 figures, right? Around there. If I can get to that amount of figures, why? Because that's what they say, that once you're in those, that tax bracket, you'll be fine. And it says, and instead of pursuing the Lord, you're pursuing these numbers, Instead of pursuing the Lord, you're pursuing these things that the earth has to offer, that the world has to offer. And then you become an easy target for the enemy. Why? Because all he's got to do is he's got to attack that. doesn't even have to attack you. All he's got to do is attack where your affections are on. And so the word of God says, instead, you have to pursue God. Look unto God. Put your affections on the things that are above. Because those things the devil cannot reach. It's, it's those people that put their affections on the things above that walk on this earth with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. That it's not because of what's happening around them, but it's because of what is happening inside of them. That it's because of who lives in them. It's because of that reality that God lives in me. So it doesn't matter what is happening around me. I know I'm victorious because of who is in me that I, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus that I, I, I know who my family is I know who my God is why because I've been looking up because I've placed my eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of my faith because I'm focused there, there used to be a thing that I used to do uh, when I was younger and it's just, I would take random pictures. So I'd grab my phone or a camera and I'd always go random picture and like take it on people's faces, you know, just because I like being obnoxious that way. So I'd be like walking, random picture. And when I started dating Carolina every now and then, I'd be like, random picture. And she'd be like, why are you doing that? Those pictures aren't even nice. Like they're not even focused. Like you should take time to take a picture, make it nice. And I wasn't doing it for the picture. I was just doing it to be obnoxious, right? But I, I feel feel that the, the image of a lot of us Christians is that way because that's what we do when we look to God. We, we just randomly, we go to church, you know, randomly, we randomly pray. Uh, but it's not, you don't take the time to do it. You, 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 don't, you don't focus on it. You know, a picture that's not focused is really one that you're going to delete. You know, it's not one that you're going to show. And our testimony sometimes is not one we want to show, but that's because of lack of focus. That's because of a lack of time and just uh, being a little bit more stable in our approach to God. That we're randomly praying every now and then when we feel that, you know, there's nothing else to do. Uh, oh, my gosh, random prayer, right? Like uh, random devotional. How many have done a random devotional, right? It's like it's a 10-day devotional, and you do the first two days in the first day because you kind of want to go for I've done it before. You know, I'm like, well, I haven't, I haven't, you know, read the Bible in three days. Let me read three devotionals real quick and call it a tie. And then we look at the image of what our testimony is, and it's blurry. It's not focused. We really don't know where we're going. We're just like, you know, we know God's around. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's just that aftertaste. Why? Because we're not focused. It's what the Word of God says. Woe unto them that don't seek the Lord, but put their trust on horses, on chariots. Psalms 20 verses 6 and 7 says, now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some people get excited when, you know, there, there's 
prayer that is answered or there are results that happen or you get a bonus and job and it's not that you don't or shouldn't get excited about these things but hopefully that's not where your affections are on I remember one huge step that Carolina and I had to take. You know, we were recently married and we were going through financial struggles and we've been like up and down. Can I be honest with you? Like we got married and we both had debt. We had like college debt and other debts that had happened. I had a business and that business was doing incredibly well until it stopped doing incredibly well. It's a long story, but I woke up at 3 a.m. because our competitor called me and he was crying. I went to visit him at to where like the whole business was happening we imported fruit uh, from other countries into Colombia we were doing very well something had happened about our like the third competitor he was doing stuff that he shouldn't have been doing and he basically caused us all to go broke in like two three days everyone went broke it was terrible I saw like a 53 year old man in tears because he had lost hundreds of thousands of dollars that night and it was just one of those crazy things and one of the reasons why I got so excited about marrying Carolina apart from my eternal love towards her is because I my business was doing good so I'm like well business is doing good you know like she I'm gonna take care of you baby you know like you, you will you don't have to worry about a thing and then what was it like three four months before I had already proposed I had already done I'm like by the way I'm very in debt uh but does it help to say that I really really love you like <laughs> and, and obviously we're married today's actually our anniversary seven year anniversary today we're doing it <laughs> it's like 12 years dating right in total and so i mean we're, we're doing we're doing good carolina's fantastically blessed uh and so am i i'm very blessed because of it but the point is well when we're going through this these seasons one of the things that happened we had like we, we had been saving and we were going to move to the states and so we had been saving and we had all these savings and then uh, a debt that wasn't supposed to be paid then all of a sudden had to be paid and then all of our money except for it's like the equivalent of $200 all of our money had to go towards that so now we're going to move countries we have nothing you know on our bank accounts just $200 and I remember we were crying because we're like I mean what is this you know at least we had something to fall back on now we have nothing to fall back on and I remember we're in the room. We're, we're pretty mad because of what happened. We're not mad at each other. We're actually mad at the people that started, you know, taking our money. And I mean, this is another story. And I remember I told her, well, with $200, we really can't do much. Uh, what if we just sow it? You know, what if we just look to God and say, God, you can do more with this than what we can do. And it was a moment of growth because at one point our reaction was like, or let's just keep it, you know, because $200 is better than $0 and God has enough in heaven. You know, his, his streets are paved in gold. Like he's got enough. He doesn't need my $200. And how many have fought before with that? You know, like God is telling you to be generous. I saying you're like, yeah, but God, but like, yeah, I need it more than you do. And, and what, what God's tried to tell you is no, no, what you need is to place your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, that if you want your faith to be finished, you got to place your eyes on him. You got to be obedient to his word. You can't just wish these things to happen. There's got to be faith in this life. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
is this, is this too heavy for like a Sunday night? Like, do, do it, it, because this, I think this is the truth when you place your eyes on him. And so the, to, to, you know, to end the story real quick, I remember that in like a two, three weeks time, it, stuff started happening supernaturally. There was uh, people that randomly, like randomly as in, we don't know who these people are. And then all of a sudden, they, well, you walk into them. It's like, hey, God had placed you in my heart. We have, a, we have an offering for you. So they would give us an offering, and it was more than $200. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of working. So I'm, like, trying to bump into people on purpose, you know, to see, to see if God has, God has been telling them something about me. You know how you walk in, hey, nothing, okay, you know, trying, trying, to, trying to help God a little bit in this life. And once we get to the States, we basically have recuperated what we had lost. In three weeks' time, the people, it, it was just super, I can't say it in any other way because it was literally supernatural. And the reason why it was, again, let me remind you what my dad would say and what, what the premise of this message is. If you want the results of Jesus in your life, you have to start living the life of Jesus. You can't wish results and then have a different lifestyle to those results. Psalms 123, verses 1 and 2, says, Unto thee I lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look into the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden into the hands of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until they have mercy upon us. Now, what is this implying? That there is this, this, they're vigilant in what they are looking at. That they're not just glancing towards God, but they are vigilant in the way they are looking. That their their eyes, they're not looking at anything else. They are just looking towards God. See, there's a way to look up. You know, you could glance up, and that's sometimes what Christians do. We'll be in church, and it's like, well, why not? Well, Father, I love you, you know, and we we sing the song, we, we praise, we worship, and then we go along our day. Or there's this type of looking up, which is vigilant. Like, if he moves, I move. If he stays, I stay. Like they, and there's a difference. And because of it, there's a difference in result. You know, sometimes, we, we, you know, we, you see it on Instagram or social media. And people will attack other ministers because of how blessed they are. And I understand there's excessive to all these, excess to all these things. And, you know, to each their own. I can't get into that right now. But what I do know, having met some of these people, is that for them, it's inevitable to be blessed because of the way they live their life that if they are obedient to the word of God God will bless them that if they're vigilant in what they're looking if if, you know their steps are ordered by the Lord and they are being guided by him well it's inevitable that you're going to walk into things that God has prepared for you now, usually what I've seen is people that are critiquing these people are because they're not walking into what God has prepared for them because their eyes are on Instagram instead of up. And so you know how much people are making, you know what they're wearing, you know all these things, but do you know what God has said today for you? I feel like this is very heavy sometimes, and so I'm sorry. But it's because I really want us to make a right decision to look in the right direction. Because this is what truly changes your life. It's not just, you know, uh, an experience at church. It's a way of life. Now, let's look at 
Let's look at what Jesus did, practically. Uh, Jesus is our role model. We, we should follow Jesus. We are to be Christ-like. So what did Jesus do? Let, let's look at Matthew 14, verses 13 to 21. Matthew 14, verses 13 to 21 says, When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship unto a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves, the two fish, and looking up to heaven. Says, What did he do? He looked to he looked to heaven so he's he's faced with this problem and the first thing that he does you know and, and this is a problem mind you that can be resolved in a natural way like he literally the disciples are giving him a simple answer to this simple problem and i want us to grab this because sometimes we think that we should just look up when the problem is big but we should look up no matter how big the problem is even if it's something minuscule even if it's something that can be resolved in a natural way i think we should have the habit in our life to still look up and that's what jesus did like jesus could have just told him listen i never promised food you guys have been here thank you for coming now go to kroger before it closes right like thank you for coming there's a store like half an hour away y'all will be fine but instead of that, he said, no, no, no let, let's, let's see if we can give him to eat something. And the disciples were like, no, it actually would just be easier if you just let him go. It's still time. You know, CVS is still open. Like, let them go. And Jesus, this is a, something small. Like, there's already solutions to this problem. Like, this isn't a big problem. It's not a, a life-altering moment. It's just bread and fish. It's just food for them to eat. But Jesus is teaching us something here. He says, even in the minuscule things of life, we still need to look up. Even if it's small, even if you already can have an answer to it, it doesn't hurt looking up to see what God wants to do. I remember, it, it, I, I might have told this story before, but I was in my dad's office and, and one of his friends came in and wanted to offer him uh, this like investment opportunity. So now people do this from time to time. They'll offer my dad investment opportunities, but this investment opportunity was the investment opportunity. Like it was the one you've been praying for. Like it was the one like, this is the open door we're about to walk in and then like everything is going to so be solved because it's so good. And it really was. And finally, Financially, it was like fiscally responsible to do this. And so his friend is talking. He's like, listen, they've opened up this opportunity for you to come in. And so I'm looking at this. And I'm like, I'm all re I'm ready. I'm ready to invest. They didn't even ask me. And I'm ready to invest. I'm like, yes, Lord, here am I. Take my money. Like, this is it. And so, so his friend leaves because my dad's, you know, super spiritual. He's like, oh, I'll pray about it. And I'm like, you really don't have to pray. You just have to sign. Like, this is one of those things where you can't be over spiritual about this. And so I'm talking to him. I'm like, dad, so how are we going to go in? Like, can I give you some money? And then you can also put it with all the money you're going to put in. And I'm just super excited because we're about to be blessed. And I'm about to buy all the stuff I want to buy. Like, this is, this is it. 
And my dad looks at me and he says, I don't know, John. I just don't have peace about it. I'm like, well, you, you don't need peace. You just need to put the money. Like, that's it. Like, you don't need peace, whatever. Like, I, I've, I've, I went through the Excel sheet. It works. Like, it really did. I'm not, like, I'm not dumb with these things. Like, I, I saw it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. And my dad looks at me as like, listen, I don't have peace. But if you want to go in, you can go in. And I'm like, oh. Well, now I'll be disobedient if I go in. Like, now I'm not spiritual because I don't feel peace, just because I feel a little bit of greed, right? Like, what is, so So I didn't, but I'm super mad at my dad for being spiritual for something so minuscule. I'm like, listen, this is, I mean, it's, it's dumb not to do this. Like, why, why are you asking God for something so dumb? Like, ask him for, like, the impossible things. Ask him for when you need healing, when the doctors can't even heal you. Like, ask him for visions. But asking them for something that is so, so small, why? Well, like, a year later, I had already forgotten about this, forgiven my dad, all the whole works. And, and he comes into my office and says, did you see what happened? I'm like, no. So he like goes on my computer. He's like, look. And it, it's hard to explain, but like the one thing that wouldn't happen, couldn't happen, shouldn't have happened, happened. And that business fell through. And everyone that invested lost their money. So I look at my dad and I tell him, I have peace now. <laughs> you know, I, I really do. I've been talking to God and I just... I just have, have peace. <laughs> he laughed. He told me, I told you so. But I, I, I've learned from my dad that even in the small things, of just like Jesus, this is bread and fish. This is not, you know, no one's life is being changed. Like they could have just gone and bought food. This is just a snack. But how many of you know God is big enough, but also loving enough to take care of the snack, to take care of the minuscule thing? And that our reaction, even in the small things, is still to look up. My mom will always, you know, she, she has this thing. And I, I know when, when, I think Pastor talked about the favor of God last week or two weeks ago. And, and the favor of God, and if you haven't heard that message, I, I want you to go hear it uh, tonight or tomorrow. Or if you're listening to the podcast, stop listening to this one and go listen to that one. Uh, and then maybe listen to this one. Uh, because it, it, there's a depth to, you know, the, the favor of God and to the goodness of God. One of the things I've seen with my mom is my, my mom will talk to God for things that are frivolous. Like she'll, she'll go into the small. So Bogota is huge. It's got 10 million people. It's always busy. It, it, there's always traffic and there's never a parking spot. Never. So you really need God to move on your behalf to find the parking spot because there's, again, 10 million people. Like it's so much. And my mom will always do it. She'll go into the mall and she'll always pray. She'll be like, well, Father, you know, guide me. And I'm like, it's, you know, it's like a GPS, you know, like a spiritual GPS. It's like, Father, guide me. I, I need, I, you know, I'm in a hurry. So Holy Spirit, lead the way. Where is my parking spot? And it, like, it's kind of cringy sometimes when you're sitting with her because you're like, Mom, you know, let's just, let's just park way in the back. There's always space in the back. And she's like, no, no, I am blessed and highly favored. And but, the, you know, the problem with it is, well, not a problem, but the thing about it is she always finds a parking spot. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy to think. But I, I'm learning that God is not just in the miraculous and in what's huge. He's also in the small things. And our relationship with him should be at a point where you're not just asking for the big things. You're, he's in, in everything. Even the small things, even the bread and the fish. Now let's look at something else. 
Mark chapter 7, verses 31 and 37. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 37. says, And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee. How would you say Sidon? 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 And Spanish is Sidon, so I'm just going to stick to that. Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of Decapolis. It says, And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven. Now, you know, a lot of people, when they'll preach this, they'll, they'll talk about the spit. And they'll talk about the slapping the tongue. And man, that is weird. And I love it because every time Jesus would heal someone, he would always heal someone differently. And if you see that, it wasn't always the same. He wasn't just like, he wasn't in the spitting ministry, the slapping the tongue ministry. You know, he was just in the healing ministry. And so he would heal according to how he was led. But one thing that we sometimes look up, look over is this part. That with the spit and with the hitting of the tongue, he looked up to heaven he knew where his help comes from he knew who was actually doing the work it wasn't Jesus the anointed one it was the anointing of God on Jesus that allowed him to heal it's the same thing with us today that when we pray for people it's not because of who we are but it's because of the healing power that is on us it's because of the same power that raised Christ from the grave that lives inside of us and gives life to our mortal body it's because of him on us so again with the small things look up but now this isn't a small thing this is a pretty big thing and what did jesus do with the big thing he also looked up see when when you're facing opposition when you're facing problems no matter how big no matter how small we need to have this habit of reacting the same way Jesus would react that he wasn't looking up to see well is this is this something you want to do or not no he knew in whom he had believed he knew how big God was and he knew God was big enough and loving enough to take care of the small things but he also knew God was powerful enough to bring healing to something that no one could bring healing to which was this man and looking up to heaven he sighed and said unto him epaphata that is be open and straight away his ears were open and the string of the tongue was loose and he spake plain so he was healed so look at this when when you're faced with with the minuscule things of life look up when you're faced with healing problems with sickness and disease look up and now look at this john 11 verses 38 to 44 john 11 38 to 44 jesus therefore again groaning in himself coming to the grave and it was a cave and a stone laid upon him Jesus said, take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he had been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. So now this is not just a healing this is not something minuscule, bread and fish. Now, this is an impossibility. He's faced with something that really no one has seen up until this point. A man that was dead, 
Mind you, he was there four days ago. So like there was rotting involved. So it wasn't like he was recently dead and he like CPR real quick and then like something happened, you know, electrocute him real quick and then come up. No, like stuff had probably fallen from his body. There was probably worms on his body like this. It's, he was dead, dead, right? So it's impossible. And what did Jesus do? Same reaction. Same reaction than the bread and the fish. Same reaction than, than the sickness. It's the same reaction. See, because when, when you get close to God, you start to realize that this is not because of you and that this is not about you. That it's not because of how you pray and you're like, oh, Father. Because, you know, sometimes you, you get scared because of the impossibility. So then you start, like, you're putting more volume to your prayer, thinking it's more anointed. You're like, oh, Father, in the name and, well, you know, it's not because of your volume. It's not because of how much you scream. It's, not, it's because of who lives inside of you. It's because of the power of God that is in you. To a point where I, I've seen people be healed. And be healed in like the most, uh, you know, kind of normal way possible. I've seen people pray and like, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, you don't want to, you know, scare it a little bit, you know scream it a little bit you know push it in a little bit and this friend that, that prays for people this way is like well no because it's not me who's who's doing the healing it's god who's doing the healing and, and, and so and i've seen people do this before where they'll actually teach about the word of god first before they pray for someone because they need people's faith to be at that place because it's not the anointing on me it's also the faith with which you receive it's it's about him that when you place your eyes on Jesus, you start to recognize, oh, no, this is a him thing. This is not a me thing. Now, even the results of life, as long as I'm looking to him, this is a, a him thing, not a me thing. It, it, it happened. So, OK, so during the time, remember when I said the story that my business had failed and it was crazy and. All this was happening. So I, I told God, one, one of the testimonies, was, I, I, to, I told God, listen, God, like, like, I wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, I was still following you. Like, it wasn't one of those where, like, I was a Jonah, and so I was in my job, and so I wasn't in prayer anymore. No, like, I was praying. I, I would go to work praying. Like, I, I was doing what, what you're supposed to do, and then the enemy attacked. And so I told him, I kind of need, I kind of need your help. Cause this, uh, so I told him, this is a, this is a you thing, because... Uh, me no puedo <laughs> like I can't I have nothing I'm about to get married like I need you to help me with this and with the marriage that's about to come and he and he actually did and that, that's a testimony that I'll let Carolina talk about one day because she met this like model for this uh this what is it a tv channel and the tv channel actually ended up paying for part of our wedding like it was a whole thing it was amazing but I'll, I'll let her tell the rest of the story which I almost told completely uh and <laughs> Uh, but while we were doing this, I told him, listen, I have this debt, and we also have this youth conference. And this youth conference, we were going to do it. We were the first uh, like Christian organization to do this youth conference and this like uh, kind of like semi-coliseum. It was very cool, and it was very expensive. But we felt that God led us to that place to do it. So I told, I told God, God, listen, like, I got a whole lot of problems right now, and you're the only solution to the problem. But I'm going to believe in you, and I know you're going to do it. And one of the things that happened was 
there was a, a mistake made by one of the lawyers uh, of who we owed money. And it was a bad thing because they were doing stuff wrong. It's just, anyway, and so they made me sign a paper. So I, I signed the paper, and I'm like, okay. So it, it was, in Spanish, it's called apagare, like an, uh, an IOU, I guess. And it's like, so I'm going to pay this amount, this amount of times uh, throughout these months. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll do it. I have to. I'll, I'm, I'm honorable in the way I do things. And so I'm, I'm praying and everything. And then, uh, like, a couple months later, I get a call uh, from the lawyer. He's like, hey, can we meet? And I'm like, I, what, what is this about? And he's like, well, you know, the paper that was sent from the company and everything, uh, they made a mistake. Uh, and they wrote down a different number. Uh, and I'm like, but you read it, right? He's like, yeah, and I signed it, right? And I'm like, no backsies. <laughs> Uh, and, and so they called, uh, and again, it was this whole thing. And then the company just called me and said, listen, we're just going to forgive it. Uh, just, just, you know, just pay what you signed for, which was 10% of what we would have had to pay. It was one of those things. So I'm like, I'm, I'm here in the car. I'm driving, uh, uh, talking to these people. And I look at God. It's like, I never doubted. I always knew this was going to happen but this is one of those things where when you look up this is what the word of God says let's go to this real quick it says in Psalms where is it you have it Psalms 122 it says I, I, I place my eyes on the hills where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord my God maker of heaven and earth and that's what the psalmist would do. And it's kind of like the invitation for you tonight. I don't know why I'm like in this teaching phase, but I'm in this teaching phase. And I wanted to teach tonight. I wanted to teach what the psalmist is inviting us to do, to place your eyes on Jesus. He said, where is my help going to come from? My help comes from the Lord, my God, the maker of heaven and earth. If anyone is going to help me, it's going to be God, which is why I look up, which is why I place my eyes. So three things real quick in the small things, in the minuscule things of life, look up. In the big things of life, look up. In the impossible things of life, guess what? You look up. And you allow God to write the testimony. You allow God to move on your behalf. You allow God to take all the glory. And the word of God says in Isaiah 51, verse 6, lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke. The earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not be abolished. Isaiah 40 verse 26 says, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, be by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. And last one, Psalms 34 verse 5, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Listen, it's no coincidence that the word of God time and time again invites us to do this one thing, to look up. That when your first reaction is to look up, you will get to see, but then you will also get to tell 
the, about the goodness of God. Which is why the, the word of God says, you know, the, the psalm is saying, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. One thing that I had since I was a kid, I would hear people talk about testimonies all the time. And I always tell God, God, and me too, me too. I want to be part of that. I don't want to be someone that talks about someone else's miracle. I want to tell people about how good you have been in my life. And if that's you tonight, let me invite you once again to look up. In the small things of life, look up. In the big things of life, look up. And in the impossible things of life, look up. Before you do anything else. I've shared this before. Uh, my, my wife has a habit that when we get money, uh, she'll ask whether it's audibly or just internally. She'll talk to God and she'll ask God, God, what do you want us to do with this money? And I always know. Uh, recently, something had happened and we, we had an investment come in. And I, I remember I'm in the car and I have the investment and I knew hmm, Carolina's going to touch this money. And I didn't like not in a bad way, not like, oh, she's going to buy a Louis or whatever. It's, it was more of a, oh, she has something. And indeed, I, I walk in and we're talking. And it just takes a couple of minutes. And then she says, why don't we give some of that money to a certain place and, and do this? And, and I never fight it. I never say no because I know we're looking up. And all we do is, God, we're gonna, before we even think about what we do with our money, we're going to look to you. And the small things, look up. When we're faced with big issues of life, when we're faced with debt in life, we do the same thing. God, what, what would you want us to do? Is there a job I should take? Is, is there, a, a, you know, some work that needs to be done? Is there, is there a place that I can sow? What, what do you want us to do? I look up. In the small things, I look up. In the big things, I look up. When things are impossible, we look up. The moment we lost our baby, the first day, 2020, we lost our baby. And in the car, it took us a few minutes. It really did. It was hard. I was, I was devastated. And I can't even imagine what Carolina was going through. We were devastated in the car. I called Pastor Joel and I'm crying. I can't get it out. I'm like, this happened. And Pastor Joel doesn't know what to do. This, this is something that's shocking. It, it, it shocked our system. And while we're in the car, I, I go to wash the car because I didn't know. Literally, I was so devastated that the first thing I saw was a car wash. I'm like, let's just go in. Let's just go wash the car and think what we're to do. And while we go through the car wash, Carolina puts on a song and we start worshiping God. And that's what we do. We, we, in the impossible situations, we look up. Well, now's the time you've seen our baby. It's a miracle. I love my baby. Miracle number two is on the way. Like, literally, it's like three, four months in already. Baby Elena. So now two miracles. And I get to tell these stories, not because of something I've done, but because of how good God has been. The only thing I've done is looked up. And I want to invite you today. I believe I, I, you, you can feel the push. You can feel like the tug of the Holy Spirit saying, this is it. This is the step. You've been asking, okay, so what is it that I have to do? Where, where should I go? And you're looking at chariots and you're looking at horsemen for what truly God can do for your life. And it's not that God can't move those things on your behalf, but first things first, look up. In the small things, look up. In the big things, 
look up. And the impossible things look up. I place my eyes on the hills. Where does my help come from? Where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord my God, maker of heaven and earth. Where does your help come from? From God, maker of heaven and earth. That if he made and created the impossible out of nothing, what you need is possible for him. He doesn't need precedent to be able to fulfill, to be able to accomplish what he has called you to do. He's just that powerful. All he needs you to do is to look up. I'm going to ask you to stand real quick. I find that in moments like this where the Holy Spirit is ministering and talking, uh, I, I find that it, it's a good moment to ask the Holy Spirit what decisions should be made. Because I don't want you just to leave this place, you know, feeling good and like, oh, that was, that was beautiful or that was cute or whatever, you know, adjective you want to use. Uh, make a decision and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what's that one decision I need to make now? And sometimes it's as simple as, listen, start reading your Bible more. Be more consistent with that. Sometimes it's a bigger thing. Sometimes it's like, no, hey, call this person. Or, or he'll bring to remembrance, you know, a name of someone that you need to call or connect with. Or, or sometimes, you know, he'll just bump you into, you know, an unexpected opportunity. I, I believe that to God there is nothing impossible to him. And that if I believe, I will see the glory of God. So I'm not looking to see how it's going to be done. I'm just asking him, what's the next step? What should I do with the money that I have? What should I do with the opportunities that I have? What should I do with the job that I have? What should I Father, I look to you tonight. Because believe it or not, these small decisions in the long run change the trajectory of your life. Just it's, it's, it's those little one degree turns. It's not those massive turns of life. You just turn one degree to the right and you keep going that direction for a long time and the result is tremendous. It's completely different. So instead of trying to look for those huge moments of like, God, what do I do? I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to, unless that's what he says. But in moments like tonight, it's usually the one degree turns that the Holy Spirit is asking you to do about how you pray, how you pursue his presence, how you serve. Maybe you haven't served, and that's, the, that's, that's that one thing. It, what would it be tonight? I can't give you the answer. I've given you options, but I can't give you the answer. But you know who can? God. So tonight, look up. Tomorrow, before you go to work, look up. When you're facing small things, look up. When you're facing big things, look up. When you're facing impossible things, look up. Father God, we thank you for this day. And we thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence in this place tonight.